Remember, you can get in touch with our fearsome foursome by emailing clubdubpodcast at mail.com and through Twitter using the hashtag at clubdubpodcast. Welcome to the Club Dub Football Podcast, where the only question is, does your team make it into the club? Can he get in? No, he cannot! Hi and welcome to another episode of the Club Dub Football Podcast. I'm Rob Rose, and in a world where they so often say that no news is good news, I can tell you it's not ideal if you're trying to make an NFL-themed podcast. So this week, myself, JB, PB and Aldrin are going to throw ourselves into another of those long, winding, meandering topics, this time talking about which of those NFL teams with long playoff droughts can put that right in 2021. So, with so much to get to, let's get on with the show. So welcome back, gents. Hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. For a third week in a row, the NFL has nothing new to share with us, other than uh, Pharaoh Cooper, who, according to NFL.com, once upon a time made a Pro Bowl, um, has signed for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, In other news, the NFL might or might not play a game in Germany. So we might come back to that if that develops. But as we're left for a third week with ultimately nothing to talk about, We're going to start going into the big, broad, seemingly endless topics that have kept us entertained in the previous two weeks. And this week, we go for a big one. We go for playoff droughts, more specifically playoff win droughts. And we talk about in 2021, do any of these hapless franchises have even the remotest chance of breaking the duck? So to give you an idea of the types of teams we're going to be talking about in our time together, you'd have to go back to 1990 for the last win from the Bengals of Cincinnati. Only a year later, 1991, to see the Detroit Lions win in the playoffs. That was in the Pontiac Superdome. Not only does the Superdome no longer exist, but neither the Pontiac, which dates that pretty well. The year 2000 for the Miami Dolphins, a couple of years later for the Raiders, And then you really get into the murky waters of the likes of the Chicago Bears and the New York Jets, who've not only gone 10 years without a playoff win, but 10 years without even a playoff performance. So if that's the pool we're choosing from, we'll talk about our top picks to break the duck. But we're only going to do that, Phil, after I throw over to you and you entertain us with what I can only imagine is going to be a bumper quiz of the week. It sure is a bumper quiz of the week, Rob. Welcome to Phil's Quiz of the Week. Thanks, Rob. So for the quiz this week, we're again linking into the theme of the podcast and we're looking at some of the best NFL players never to play in an NFL playoff game. So I've got 10 players here. I'm going to give you a little bit of a clue um, and we'll see if any of you guys can guess them. So the first one's probably a little bit easy, but it will give you the idea of what we're doing. So this player, he came from Ole Miss to the Saints, where he experienced growing pains as the franchise did in the 1970s. He also appeared with the Oilers and the Vikings without a postseason run. He has two sons that played the same position. Archie Manning. Archie Archie Manning is correct. Two sons 
played the same position, had a considerably better postseason look in their careers. It is indeed the father of Peyton and Eli, Archie Manning. So nine more to go. Are you familiar with, with the concept? Sounds good. You might you Excellent. might want to leave a space between the clues though, because I was I was all over Archie by clue number two. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, you know, we're on Zoom, so feel free to put your hand up if you you know who it is, or let the clue play out. Uh, so number two, he played eleven seasons in the NFL, six with Houston, four with Buffalo, and a final one with Miami. At no point in his career, which saw him play in one hundred and fifty eight games, was he on a team that made it to the playoffs. Right, that one's tougher. It wasn't like Andre Johnson or someone like that, was it? No, uh, Johnson. It's That's it's the it's the defensive end. It is the defensive end. And I want to say he's Mario something. It is Mario something. I'm stuck on Mario Edwards, and I don't think that's right. It is incorrect. Rob Aldrin, hazard a guess? Williams. It is Mario Williams. Well done, Rob. Right, okay. Hopefully they're going to be quicker from three through to ten. Some of them are trickier than others. Number three, one of the most legendary and fierce players in NFL history. Chicago took him third overall in 1965. Great drafting, but it did not result in a playoff appearance. So he spent his entire nine-year career with the Bears. He was famous for hard-hitting and terrorising offences. Hall of Fame linebacker, career with the Bears, third overall, 1965. Dick Buckkiss. Dick Buckkiss is correct. Never made a playoff appearance. Ready for number four? This might be a favourite of yours, Rob. The Rams made this player the number number one overall pick in 2010. He lasted five years in St. Louis, never went to the postseason. And from there, he then played in um, Bradford, Minnesota, Sam Bradford. Arizona, and the results were the same. Injury prone and unable to lead his team to a postseason game. So, number five. So, he was first famous for being the son of one of pro wrestling's greatest tag teams. Okay. I mean, I'm going to let it play out. Let yeah, it play out. But Rob, it. Rob, you get first, first cut here. He showed he could play football at Ohio State and in the NFL for seven seasons with the St. Louis Rams. He finished his career with the Saints, who waived him in November 2016. They finished 7-9 that year, so this player did not have to deal with the irony of being cut from a playoff team. Name that player, Rob Rose. I'm going to say, is it James Laurinaitis? It is James Laurinaitis. Who actually was a great player as well. I mean, a, a really good player on a pretty poor team. Famous for being uh, Road Warrior Animal's son. Rest in peace. There we go. Number six. Animal's still alive, isn't he? No, he's not. No. Is he not? No. Oh, my God. I knew Hawk went. You'd, oh, yeah. this, is, this is turning into a disaster. For, I'm now grieving the loss of some of my childhood heroes who are trying to record this. Apologies for that bombshell and to any of our listeners that also didn't know that information. Wow. Number six, moving swiftly on. Swiftly. So this player retired and then came back to sign with the Philadelphia Eagles two years ago. Um, but before this, he played with seven other teams. None of them went to the playoffs. He plays in a premier position, uh, I would say, in the NFL, um, and has also played for one of our podcast favourite teams. Played for seven teams? Seven teams. Most recently, or just before his retirement, the Philadelphia Eagles. Did you, did, did I, did, did you say that he retired, then came out of retirement to the Eagles, or did I mishear that? Correct. No, that was correct. Okay. And now he's pretty much retired again, although he was on their backup roster last year. Emergency. He was an emergency player. Really? Oh. Yes, James. 
Josh McCown. Josh McCown is correct. Obviously famous, most famous for a quarterback in our current Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or also his stint with the Jets, maybe. I mean, you could have mentioned the fact he was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals many moons ago, but... I could have could have uh, mentioned that, but neglected it. Yeah, yeah. So, number seven. This player was an Iron Man in the team that he played for, playing and starting in 167 games until being injured in 2017. He stood by his team through thin and thinner times, a rare person and player who never looked to find uh, greener pastures with another team, um, even though he could have fattened his wallet elsewhere. So an Ironman, 167 games with the team that drafted him before his retirement, never played in the postseason. When was he drafted? He was drafted, James Baldwin, in 2007, round one. Ooh. I mean, you immediately think, like, I don't know, Thomas at the Browns. I'm trying to think who was a really good player on a really bad team. I mean, the Browns. Megatron. No. Oh, no, because they play. Sorry, because, the yeah, he's played in playoffs, hasn't he? Doesn't he have the most catches in a playoff game? Yeah. Most yards in a playoff game. Oh, it's too late, though, isn't it? For And you said Iron Man as well. Too late for Joe Thomas. Um, I didn't say that. But Joe, oh, Tom, Joe, Joe, Joe Thomas. Joe yeah. Thomas. Yeah. Oh, there you go. All right. I, Here we go. We're rocking and rolling here. Number eight. And it, it is a weird one that this player never played um, in the playoffs. But he was drafted round four, 119. Uh, in 2006, yeah, had stories and headlines that followed him throughout his career. He played for six teams and 179 games, but never made the postseason. Uh, he was cut by the Seattle Seahawks at the end of October 2018, um, and they then went on to make the postseason that year. So, if he hadn't have been cut, he'd have made it right at the end of his his career. Wow! So how many teams? Go go with the the detail again. Six teams. Drafted yeah. by the Broncos, round four, 119 in 2006. Six teams, so Broncos, Dolphins, Bears, Jets, Giants, and then finally, very briefly, the Seahawks. Smoking Jay Cutler? No. Well, I he thought was that year. Wasn't he that year? I thought he was drafted that year, wasn't he? Jay Cutler? Or was he earlier? I don't know. Um, Brandon Marshall? Is Brandon Marshall. One? Rob, you're smashing yeah, this. Yeah, there you go. Brandon Marshall what? is correct. Well, it's a good job it was, because I literally had nothing beyond Brandon Marshall. <laughs> Cutler was the Broncos, though, that year, wasn't he? Well, I think Brandon Marshall and Cutler famously played together a couple of times, didn't they? <laughs> Broncos and then at the Bears together. And then at the Bears, yeah, I mean... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that, I don't know why Cutler was first round, you said fourth round, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Fourth Very round good player to play a playoff game, though. If you want, I'll well. hit you with some quick Jay Cutler information. He was round one, pick 11, 2006. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there, you go. Right. there you go. So number nine, nearly at the end of the list. So this player played for the team that drafted him for nine seasons, left two seasons ago. Uh, he started all 123 games for the team he played for and then went to a division rival. Defensive tackle. I don't want to give too much away with this one. It's quite recent. Is it a Jets player? It's not a Jets player. So he was drafted... <laughs> Say so by the team he played 123 games for, went to a division rival for one season, then joined a team in a last season, but ended up injured, so didn't play a game. Mm. Round one, pick number three in 2010. Oh, okay. This player was maybe nice. The one he was replaced by was has a bit more of an edge about him. You're listening to Thinking Time on the Club Dub Podcast. 
Might have to give you some more clues. Yeah. Ooh, really stumped. He was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. See, that's what I was wondering if the play, the nasty player is is Ndamukong Sue. The nasty so... player I reference is. Oh. The player with the edge, Ndamukong Sue. If anyone saw Hard Knocks that year with the, or the year with the Bucks, he liked Batman. Big Batman fan. Come on, James. Batman's your area of expertise, isn't it? Oh, I, I can see who this uh, Gerald McCoy. It is Gerald McCoy. Well done. There we go. So rounding us out with my probably my favourite on the list. He's been the nearly man so many times. He was probably one win away from ending his playoff drought last year. Uh, he's famously played for eight NFL teams since leaving Harvard, but never gotten a sniff of the playoffs. Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> In the 2015 regular season as a Jet, he needed a win at Buffalo to get to the postseason, and he threw three picks in the fourth quarter of a 22-17 loss. Oh, if only I had a ball signed by that man, I'd give up work right now. I mean, I'd... I can sell you one, Rob. Oh, I'm sure you could. For I'm sure you could. Nobody that can uh, can listen, it sits proudly at the top of my shelves there. And Very nice. I-, I won't tell the story about how you got angry with a member of theatre staff and said, I was told he'd sign my ball at the end. I was told he'd do it. Uh, he signed it and it's been authenticated. So Why did you need it authenticated? We were there. We, there was no doubt it was him. But yeah, really for me, but if I, ever did, if I ever did come to sell it, then it's more valuable with authentication. If you're interested in that ball, clubdubpodcast at mail.com. Thanks for listening. That was few squeeze of the week. Phil, it was another stunning quiz of the week. There are some silences and thinking pauses that need to be removed from our listenership. But you know what? Good, good work. I'm thinking, where were we last week? We gave you what a B plus. I, th- I think we're back yeah. in A minus territory. Phil. Yeah, it was a good one. Like a step up. Um, and <laughs> nice that um, yeah, James like like competitive dad. We wouldn't let anyone at home listening along play, would he? Don't even finish the first sentence. Yeah, you may want to work on that, JB. Who, who am I? Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> want to say, Tom Brady. Yeah, we, we, we might want to work that out. Um, but Phil, you are absolutely right. You have yet again provided a quiz of the week topic that leads us beautifully into a show narrative of who is about to break their playoff drought in 2021. And look, no surprises in true club dub podcast tradition. Aldrin, what are your thoughts? Well, of that list, the ones that have gone the longest, I feel like are probably still going to go on a little bit longer. I, I can't see that the Bengals have added enough and I can't see that the Lions have added enough. But the one team that I do think has got a really good shot this year, and I'd be surprised if they don't, is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think over the last couple of years, you've seen some really, really good progression from them as they moved away from Adam Gase. They've really got the franchise back on track. I think they certainly seem pretty set that Tua is going to be the guy this year. Um, They've got a good backup in Brissett if that doesn't quite work out. You know, as a Colts fan, I still rate Brissett quite highly. I know he didn't quite... um, do as well after his injury the other year, but he certainly looked um, 
certainly looked like he can still do a job and lead a franchise if called upon. So, um, but I feel like they've added so many good weapons for Tua to work with this year. And I think that was maybe where they were just a little bit lacking last year. I think they've got a really tough defense, athletic, but they ju- they were just missing one or two playmakers. And I think they've absolutely gone and done that um, this year. They've added enough talent around Tua to kind of give him the platform to succeed. And I really feel like in that division, who they've got, they've got the Jets, who... Albeit, I think they've had a, a pretty good off-season. I don't think they've done quite enough. And the Patriots, again, I'm just not sold on the Patriots. I, I think they've they've done a decent job and they've gone and, and certainly added talent around um, positions that they were lacking. But I still think quarterback is such a big miss for them this year. And I'm, you know, I'm not sold on either of the two potential starters they've got, really. Um you know, Cam Newton, I feel, is probably on the down. And Mac Jones, again, I wasn't sold on him in the draft. And I'm, I've yet to see um, any stories that kind of suggest that he's blowing them away and stealing the starting job for day one. So, um, yeah, I feel like Dolphins have, have really got the potential to to do it this year. They look like a really solid team. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of excited to watch them. I, I think they're, they've got the potential to be a really exciting team. So, um, yeah, I think definitely they'll be disappointed if they don't make the playoffs. But if they, you know, I think they've got a really good shot of getting there and potentially going further because they've got a you know a really good unit. That was going to be my point, you know, that of of all the teams you could pick, the Dolphins are probably the only one that you could maybe see going further, couldn't you? I mean, we're, we're talking about you know playoff, no playoff win for you know the best part of twenty plus years now. Um, but actually, you know, I, I like a lot of the pieces they had last year. You're absolutely right. That defense is just mean. It, it's really stingy. It, it's able to bend, not break, and all those great, you know, kind of football quotes that are often thrown at those great units over over the last few years. But I like the fact that, I mean, Gasecki, I think, is a really good tight end. I'd put him probably top five or top six in that kind of position group across the NFL. I, I don't think he's quite, you know, up there with you know, the real top tier tight ends, but I think he's he's absolutely a weapon. I think adding Waddle, the fact they've got Parker, I, I just think all of a sudden, if, you, if you're going to get a second year quarterback who finds his feet, he suddenly does have an awful lot of catching weapons around him. Solid run game. And, and like I say, these are all the spaces really that, that were the question marks after last season when the defense, I think, did enough really, or did everything that could have been asked of it. Um, for a team like that to give it a chance to get into the playoffs. I think, yeah, you, like you said, Jalen Waddle is an amazing playmaker, but don't forget they added Will Fuller as well, who last year at the Texans looked like um, the player that he's shown enough promise to to be, um, you know, that absolute speedster on the edge. He stayed healthy long enough to be around and actually made Deshaun Watson look, you know, better than he has previously and that's saying something because he's he's looked great but I think they've got you know they've now got that deep threat with Will Fuller Jalen Waddle has got pace to burn as well and like you say they've already got Parker they've got Kasicki they've got some really good um kind of options there and they've also added some players to the run game as well so I, I think they've got a real good 
they've got a real good shot. But like you say, I think if they get to the playoffs, I think they'll give a, a you know a real good go of it. I don't think they they would be a one and and done. I think they could go deep into the playoffs if they if they manage to make it. So yeah, they're they're my team, and I I I can't see beyond them really. But like Rob, I'm kind of in agreement with everything you've said. I think like if I'd have gone first, I think Dolphins probably would have been my my pick as well because I think they are kind of what would I think be the unanimous choice for them if you look at the team that they have managed to build not just with the draft this year and not just with the draft and free agency sort of last year but just collectively that team identity that Brian Flores is is, uh, grown there makes the Dolphins a very very different team to those Dolphins teams that we've seen before with like Adam Gase and Joe Philbin and teams like that kind of a bit wishy-washy kind of not really put up a fight kind of teams whereas with Flores and you will have inherited some of that obviously from learning from from Belichick and players like that he will be very look we are we are in this we are still in this we have got the fight to to carry on and yeah I I wouldn't be surprised if they managed to knock knock a win this season I, I like you your comment about Flores being from kind of that Belichick tree the one thing I would say, and I mean, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on Bill O'Brien, although it, it obviously ended famously in a, a ball of flames, really, in, in Houston. But we haven't really seen anyone come from that tree able to do that elsewhere, have we really? I mean, there's a number of coaches that have that have kind of come out of the Belichick shadow a couple in recent years. You've only got to look as far as the Giants in New York, I suppose. But But he does feel like the one who's been able to translate that to the new franchise, you know, take a bit of that attitude, take a bit of that work ethic. And I think it's particularly impressive, actually, that you've only got to go back a couple of years to when Flores comes in, when ultimately a lot of the roster just looked like rats trying to run from the sinking ship, didn't they? A lot of players who were wanting to be released, you know, trade candidates, you know, you know, having their agents, you know, whip up a stir to suggest they might be on the block. And I mean, some big names did go. There was there was a time when I would have questioned, was there really a plan in Miami? But yeah, I'm kind of in agreement. Like we've already said, not only could they break that duck, you know, stranger things have happened than them turning themselves into a Super Bowl contender over the next nine or so months. I think they've they've got the talent to do that, even though I'd, I'd probably say at the moment there's a little more potential than there is out-and-out talent on the offensive side of the football um, I think you started with this, Aldrin, when you said you're excited to watch them. I'd agree. I think they're probably one of the most exciting offerings that we've got in the coming season just for the, the fact they've put so many young and, and potentially exciting players on that roster. I'd say for me, they're the team with the longest drought who are most likely to to make it. You know, I, I could you argue the Bengals maybe? I don't know. I don't think they've upgraded their line enough. I, you know, I, I don't think they're going to make it. Detroit Lions, I can't see that they've added enough to, to make the playoffs. And the next one down is the Dolphins. And I think they've, they've got as good a shot as any. As always, it's probably been the, the problem for them over the last however many, you know, 10 years or whatever. It's a tough, tough division. You know, you, you argue that the Patriots might be better this year. You know, uh, another year for Cam in the system and it looks like he might lead him off or, and then eventually hand over to Mac Jones. I don't know. You've got the Bills. You know, it's, it's a tough division overall. See, I think below the Bills, I, I hold very little hope for the Patriots particularly. Uh, I think the Jets 
could end up having a much better season and still be nowhere near the playoffs. I don't think the Jets necessarily need to make the playoffs for that to feel like a success. The Patriots, I just don't get that at all. Uh, I think Cam Newton in that building is, um, yeah, taking up a space because I think they've got some players around that, you know, are not necessarily superstars, but they're minus the Bradys and the Gronkowskis. One of the great things about the Patriots of old is, you know, they'd all play up for the occasion, wouldn't they? They'd all, you know, fulfill that role so brilliantly in what Belichick, you know, was able to scheme for them. But, um, but yeah, I think even if the Bills do race off into the distance, the Dolphins should still make the playoffs and they can beat anyone on their day, can't they? I mean, one of the weird things about the Dolphins, even last year, is they didn't always win the games you'd expect, but they certainly pulled out some big wins over the course of the season. So the Dolphins, I think, pretty much getting unilateral and universal praise so jb throw it over to you now to say which is going to be the next big break in our playoff droughts so i am going to go back to a team that last won on january the 7th 2006 when they triumphed over the team that lifted the lombardi trophy most recently and i'm of course talking about the team we now know as the washington football team i will admit i did amanar and go back on for back and forth with this as my pick because i think the football team are a team that i think have still got some bits and pieces that they need to work out um, as much as you, me, and I think everybody on this podcast love the Harvard hair bear himself, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's not an entirely consistent quarterback. So going in with him as your starter is one of those things where your highs are incredibly high and your lows are not as bad as when we saw Jameis Winston play uh, um, play live, but still pretty consistent. But... I think in their favour, they have the fact that they're coming out of a division that I think is still in a, a, a bit of chaos. I think the Eagles haven't really worked out what they're doing. The Giants don't appear to be that much better. And the Cowboys are kind of counting on Dak coming back to save them from a team that looks pretty similar to the one last year that kind of bombed massively as well the football team have the best coach in that division. I think Ron Rivera is an incredible coach. You saw how well he did with, with multiple variations of that Panthers team. You, you hear how, how everyone loves to play for him and he, he preaches the basics. He, they talked about this when the Panthers had that incredible run that ended in the Super Bowl. The things they talked about in training were we have dedicated days for the basics, how to tackle properly, how to wrap your man up to make sure you're not just trying to hit him and then you bounce off and he gets another 20 yards on you or something like that. They've got quick wide receivers like um, Terry McLaurin. They've got some good solid tight ends. Logan Thomas, I think, is rapidly improved and uh, wouldn't go as far as to say he's been a revelation in the transfer from QB to TE, but potentially in comparison to someone else we've talked about recently on this podcast, making that jump, he's probably taken to it a bit better. And I do kind of look at it and think, well, you know what, maybe if they'd have gone with Alex Smith last season in the wildcard game, maybe they would have come away with the victory. And then if they had with the bucks out, well, who knows what would have happened? They'd have lost in the next round to the Saints. There you go. Thanks for clearing that up for us. Oh, yeah. That that cliffhanger. Um, 
I'll tell you what, I'll, and I'll be quick on this one, JB. You, you talked about Ron Rivera, and I think you're right. He is, he is the best thing about that franchise at the moment, that you, you finally feel that Washington are in pretty safe hands. You know, they're, they're away from the drama. They're away from the, the dysfunction that kind of followed them around in, in more recent years. And you talked about a coach who, you know, coaches the fundamentals. Well, I actually think fundamentally they are a solid football team. I think if the season goes to script, I think it's going to be a case similar to the ones we talked about with the Bills and the Dolphins. I think the Cowboys could race off into the distance, you know, because when you compare the man-for-man roster for roster, I think the Cowboys are, are one of the more talented rosters going into the coming season. But equally, you know, we've just talked about dysfunction and nobody knows more about dysfunction than Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. It equally wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys didn't run off into the distance and they were the first team to say goodbye to their head coach in the new year. I mean, who, who quite knows where they'll come? But yeah, I, I can see Washington doing some damage. I can see them making the playoffs. I could see them winning a game. Far worse teams have. Um, the difference between them and the Dolphins is I probably don't see their ceiling as any higher than that. Um, as Aldrin said, you know, a couple of breaks, maybe the Dolphins could do something really special in the year ahead. I don't necessarily think Washington have got that about them. I'm kind of with you, JB, to be fair. I, I really do like the Washington football team. Last year, they rode their luck a little bit on the defence and the strength of that defence. And um, obviously led by Chase Young, they're an absolute force. I do think, though, they, they kind of missed a trick in the offseason. Um where they could have maybe got, you know, maybe a better QB and a couple more weapons on offense. Um, I'm still not sold on their run game, um, but you've got Ron Rivera at the helm, who is a phenomenal leader, like you say, and he will get the best out of every single individual on that team. So um, I do think they've got the potential to to do something there. Um, I don't like Rob said, I don't think they can go as far as the Miami Dolphins potentially, just because I think they've got limitations on that offense, which will inevitably get found out against top quality opposition. But you you might be right. I do think they've potentially got enough to get to the playoffs and, and then, you know, do something while they're there. To, to your last point, Aldrin, that's an interesting one. I mean, the, there were some big name QBs and there were things they could have done to maybe make a bigger splash than end up with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But in my mind, Fitzmagic's the second best quarterback in that division. I mean, I, I think he's a distance behind Dak, but I, I don't I don't think Philadelphia or New York have anything particularly. You know, Daniel Jones throws a lovely, lovely deep ball and he's a lot more mobile than people give him credit for. But he he feels a step behind where I don't know where you'd want him to be really for a for a guy who's got a couple of years under his belt now in the league. Oh, I, I agree. I just think with Fitzmagic, you always have those um, those like flip of a switch games where he just goes off a cliff and he'll throw three interceptions. And I think that's the only risk to their playoff ambitions is, you know, if that happens in a playoff game, you're sunk. Um, but I, I don't disagree. I, you know, I think maybe he's the second best quarterback in that division. I just think they missed a trick where they could have added some slightly better players to really make that playoff push the acquisitions that they brought in give that team a very clear ceiling that isn't 
Super Bowl bound. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think they're in a weak division, so they're always they've always got a shot of making the playoffs. And then once you're in, you, you know you you never know what's going to happen. I think they'll finish above the Giants. I think Eagles will finish bottom. I think then it'll be Giants and then Cowboys and then then um, the football team. You know, we all know that Fitzmagic's a bit of a gunslinger. You know, he's all, all risk. You know, it looks flashy. Obviously, sometimes it doesn't come off and it doesn't go so well. But I think he gives them a good shot. You know, he's a solid, experienced head around. You know, a lot of young players. You've got McLaurin, Gibson, uh, Chase Young on the defensive side. Like you say, they've got some good young stars. So um, I think last year that was a team built on on defense and they were run first really um you know they didn't have any spectacular kind of passing quarterback play i don't think i can see them making the playoffs again but i think they'll be one and done i just don't see them ending that wind drought this year so there we go so washington are a a, a bit of an anomaly not as um universally positive reviews as we had for the dolphins but PB, as you finished off with our review of the Washington football team, let's throw over to you for who you think could be breaking a playoff duck in the year ahead. Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? You know, I'm looking at the list of teams and, and you know, how uh, you then start to, when you think of those teams that are still, I feel, too weak to to get a playoff win, you know, there, there are some that maybe could make the playoffs. Las Vegas Raiders, maybe, for example, could make the playoffs. But uh, the Bears made the playoffs last year. Um, could they again make it this year with, with better quarterback play? Potentially, yes. But then are they strong enough rosters to, to win it? I don't know, you know. And then you get down into the five five years, four years, et cetera. Is that really, a you know, what you can classify as a playoff drought? But let's, you know, for for giggles, why don't we pick the Chicago Bears and it's a 10-year playoff, playoff win drought now, you know, that ultimately would only be potentially a couple of years if it wasn't for the double doink, you know. They got into the playoffs and we were a post width away from winning that game. So, you know, you could almost argue that it's a a bit unfortunate for them, you know, a bit of hard luck. Um, But I think they've upgraded at quarterback. You you know, Foles is still there. They've they've signed Dalton as a free agent. They've drafted Fields. I think the expectation is that Fields will be playing by the end of the season, but you never know. Um, Who knows? You know, they signed Dalton to be the starter. So, you'd assume he'll play, but then where does Foles fit into the mix? It's all a bit of a, you know, they they had a quarterback controversy last year where nobody knew who the starting quarterback was, you know, from week to week. And it almost seems like they've added a third option into that mix, albeit with with different players. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But um, I think they've made some some good signings. You know, they were, they've, they were again, were another team that probably got to the, the playoffs on the strength of their defence. Um and I think their offense will probably improve enough this season to, to get them back there again. And, and like I said, with Washington, really, it's it's uh, once you're in there, you, you never know what can happen. You know, the, like the Bucks last year, I think qualified as the, the sixth seed. Um, and then they went on to win it all, you know, and, and ended up being the, the best team in the playoffs. So who's to say, you know, eight seeds have won it before. They've managed to keep Alan Robinson and that didn't look likely at one point. So, you know, he's probably their star playmaker on the on the receiving side of things. Um, they've added a few bits around them as well. So I think if I had to pick one team, you know, towards the, the bottom end of this list in terms of longest playoff droughts, I think it would be the Bears. But it's, yeah, you know, I'd still, I would still say they're more likely not to win a playoff game this season than they are to win a playoff game. But I think out of those teams that are left, they, they probably stand the best chance. Probably the best bit of business they did was trading up and getting Justin Fields. 
add to that, they kept Alan Robinson, which I think was an absolute necessity. I think if you let him go, that franchise goes down the toilet. But to go up and get Justin Fields was something they absolutely had to do. And the fact that they actually went out and did it was all the more impressive. I think, obviously, you've got a GM on the hot seat, so he had to make a splash. But, you know, I mean, I've talked enough on this podcast to hopefully have you guys know what I think of Justin Fields. And I think he's, you know, the second best quarterback in this draft. You know, you could even make a case for he's one of the, you know, he's really close with Trevor Lawrence. And I think to your point, Phil, you know, you said that you could equally see them not winning a playoff game. I think the fact that they've gone and got Justin Fields gives them more of that chance. I think if you watch um, some of his his performances in those big games, you know, don't forget last year he outplayed Trevor Lawrence in a in a bowl game, and he was phenomenal. And he'd got you know a, a hip injury in that game and absolutely stormed Trevor Lawrence. So I think he is absolutely a big game player. I think he will have a chip on his shoulder with a lot to prove this year. You know, he slipped a long way down that list with questions about, you know, his desire to play and this and that, all completely unfounded in my mind. Um, but, you know, he he dropped to, you know, be what the fourth quarterback off the board. That's got a sting when you've been touted as one of the best since you've been in high school. So I don't think there's any QB controversy. I think you see Dalton as the starter for maybe three weeks I think Justin Fields comfortably takes over at that point drives them towards the playoffs and could even win them a playoff game so um yeah I'm I'm kind of with you I think they could make a good run at the playoffs and Fields gives them that shot I think I'm kind of leaning more into the point of kind of what Phil said is that I kind of think that the Bears are just as likely to not make the playoffs as they are to make the playoffs and again Again, part of me kind of feels like it comes down to the division that they're in because all suggestion is that Aaron Rodgers will continue to to exist as the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And I think until such time as Aaron Rodgers is not, not the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, you have to pencil the Packers in as the leaders of that division. So the Bears aren't getting into the playoffs that. The Bears would need the wild card to do it. And have... Even with adding fields and some of the great bits of business that you guys have talked about that they have done, are the Bears consistent enough to win and to win enough games to make it in? And it's not just on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's in the defense as well. When that trade was made for the Bears to pick up Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack was right up there in the conversation of, is it Mack or is it? Aaron Donald, who's the the best defensive player in the league, the best, you know, the best absolute Hall of Fame prospect. And outside, I think, of that first season in Chicago, Khalil Mack has kind of disappeared a bit. And I'm sort of sat here struggling to think about a big play that I can think that he's made in sort of the last season or so. I don't know. I think he he still had a reasonable season last year. You know, obviously the only real knowledge or or first-hand experience I have of it was when they played the Bucks, and, and he probably gave Tristan Wirfs a, a harder night's work than any other player last year. You know, I'm pretty sure he got a sack on Brady. So I still think he's, an, you know, an, an elite player. I, I don't think he's he's kind of gone off the boil. I think he's got those sparks in him to be that level of player. But again, it just comes to producing that 
game in, game out, quarter in, quarter out. I'm probably going to sort of disagree with this and say, no, I don't think the Bears are going to are going to get that playoff win and break that streak. I think it is more likely that we talked about that the Dolphins will. I think the football team have got a better shot at it than the Bears. Um, just out of out of curiosity, I've just looked up Khalil's stats and actually he had a better season last year um, than he did in 2019. So it wasn't as good as his first season in Chicago in 2018, but um yeah, he definitely had a slightly better season last year, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's he's kind of declined. See, I, I think the Khalil Mack point is a is a straightforward one. I think he's still a good player. I don't think he's an elite player. I don't think he's the player they thought they were getting when they traded for him. Um, but actually, I I don't think that necessarily leads me towards the Bears not making the playoffs because coming back to the initial point you made, Phil, I think firstly there's an argument to say they're better than they were. I mean, you started this with where does Nick Foles fit in next season? I mean, he doesn't. It's as straightforward as that. I, th- I think Aldrin said Dalton's starting. And if, if he gets hot, maybe Dalton runs a bit a bit longer than we all think. I, I don't think, you know, Dalton playing well is necessarily the kind of player who harms any franchise, really. Um, but I just think the Bears have got better, not only in terms of their personnel, but I felt in the final third of last season when offensive play calling was handed over to Bill Lazor. They had a much better balance on offense. And and so many people were saying, oh, Mitchell Trubitsky, he's he's found a groove. It wasn't really that at all. It was the run game, to be fair, that found a groove. And it it just started to create, you know, a more balanced and a more interesting offense. And they, they caused defenses more problems. On the one hand, JB, I do think you're right. Aaron Rodgers probably will start next season as the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. But I think if he doesn't, and there is chat around that it's certainly not as straightforward as I think it should be for a quarterback of his stature at a team like the Packers, then I think they are probably ahead of the Vikings for me. I mean, we're we're talking about the Bears as if they're a dreadful football team. They're a dreadful football team who made the playoffs last year by putting together a really good run at the start and, to be fair, a really good run at the end of the season. So, I mean, I, I've left myself, you know, the the rather an envious task of going last in in the four picks of people we think could break this duck but not to give too much away the lions aren't about to be my pick i can see them absolutely propping up that division although there's a bit of a murmur that they might yet sign todd Gurley. i think that could make life interesting if they do um and the vikings i i think are a real i don't know a real middle of the road team at the moment i mean they've added patrick peterson who if he rekindles a bit of that early career form could maybe make them contenders. But but again, I think there's just as many ifs and buts in Minnesota as there probably is in Chicago. So, um, yeah, I, I, look, I, I probably end up in the same place that I think it's probably just as likely they don't as they do. Um, but I think they're worthy as the third name to come off our list. I think behind the Washington football team and the Dolphins, I think they are the third logical choice. Yeah, the Bears is a good shout for me, Phil. Um which means I round out with, like I say, who do you pluck out as the fourth team who might break a playoff duck in the coming year or a playoff win duck in the coming year? Um, and do you know what? I'm going to talk myself into something shortly, but let's start with the fact that I really don't think there is another. Um, I think, isn't it bizarre that you look at the two teams on this list who have the longest runs, the the Bengals, and the Lions, and, and in a weird way, they feel further away than ever. 
you know, losing Matt Stafford to the Rams is, is seen as an absolute blessing for Los Angeles. And he could be somebody that really takes them over the top and makes them Super Bowl contenders again. So what does that really say about the team he left behind? I mean, I think the Lions are in a longer term rebuild. I think so many of the indicators point towards next year really being the year that they feel like they could turn things around. Um, Jared Goff, like I say, pairing with Todd Gurley, you know, get a bit of momentum. I think it probably does rely on on Green Bay somewhat imploding for, for the Lions to be relevant. I mean, stranger things have happened in the NFL. Many stranger things, in fact, have happened in the NFL, but they don't happen all that often. Um, the Bengals, I mean, I love what they were able to do in the draft, giving Joe Burrow a playmaker, but your reservations about Tua Aldrin in Miami are probably only amplified for me about Burrow in Cincinnati. I mean, I'm not convinced that he looked that great, admittedly on a very bad team, a very, very bad team, in fact, at, at times last season. But I mean, we're also talking about a guy coming back from a serious injury here and and the types of injuries that, you know, players don't always come back from. I think in recent years, we've kind of got used to this, you know, that the big marquee names, you know, have these ACLs, these MCLs, these significant surgeries and come back firing. I just think we've got to remember that this is a young man who, you know, could really do with staying upright um, for the next 12 months to, to really get used to being an NFL quarterback in a functional offensive system. So, I mean, if that's me pretty much damning the Lions and um, I, th I think certainly the Bengals, let, let's go for my pick who I think have a chance. Um, and it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, here's the weird thing about the Las Vegas Raiders. I've already said I don't think another team will break the duck, and here's why I don't think the Raiders will. Firstly, Kansas City, they're coming off a really, you know, really heartbreaking Super Bowl loss, and we've seen that do damage to many great teams before them. But I think you then look at the Chargers and how exciting they look. I know it's a first-year head coach again and, and a team that might take a little bit of time to get used to new systems and new philosophies. But I just thought Herbert was, you know, it was like watching the birth of a true NFL superstar. The interesting thing for the Raiders is I think if they don't make the playoffs this year, and I mean, they imploded last year. I mean, I mean they had it in their own hands. It even came back to them when certain results, you know, fell their way towards the tail end of the season. But if they don't make it, then what on earth do they do? I mean, they've got John Gruden on an absolute fortune on a, what, 10-year contract, I seem to remember from memory. You know, clearly this is, you know, ownership handing over the reins to Gruden because they believe he is absolutely the guy who can get this done. But I mean, in, if this season doesn't end up with a playoff appearance and, and actually with playoff victories, you've got to imagine questions that are going to be asked about the quarterback position questions are going to be asked about a lot of the skill positions actually in truth because their drafting strategy as we've talked about in previous years has really been so you know bizarre so old school you know watching them pick up these character guys these smaller school guys that they think can fit and work well I mean Jacobs at running back I mean I suppose I should say it's not like they're without pieces but for me, I think of all the teams in this mix that we talk about, could they make it? Could they not? Could they break the drought? Could they not? 
the Raiders feel like the most boom or bust. You know, the team who, if they don't make it, really are stripping that franchise to the bare bones again for the second time in three years to try and make something competitive. And and I think if you give the Chargers and the Chiefs a two or three year head start on you in terms of that roster build, that's a lead you might never, never um, reel in, I guess. So the Raiders are going to be my pick, but I guess we could call that damning with some form of faint praise. Yeah, for me, I think you hit the nail on the head with the division. I just can't see them get into the playoffs. I think they play Kansas City twice. And I know they beat Kansas City once last year, but I'd expect the Chiefs to, to take both those games this year. And then the Chargers, I think, you know, they look good towards the end of last year. I think there were some bad decisions cost them in games. Poor special teams cost them in games. And I think, that you know, a full year of Herbert, you know, having had a season under his belt, you know, adding some more pieces. I, Derwin James back, for example, he missed, I think, all of last season. Um, you know, I, I can see the Chargers being the second team in that division and, and then taking it. And then you're really hard pushed to be third in your division and, and still make the playoffs. So, um if, if they were to make it, you know, you could argue a case. They've got some good playmakers. Um Albeit they, you know, they made some strange moves in the offseason, I'd say, you know, trading Rodney Hudson to the to the to the Cardinals, you know, the, the starting center, you know, which which seemed a little bit odd. But I think your boom and bust comment is spot on. I think if they don't make the playoffs, you know, they've got a big decision to make about Gruden. Um, but it's a lot of money to chuck away. So I think they'll they'll stick with him. Um but Derek Carr, I think, you know, they'll move away from him. I think if he if he doesn't get them there this year, um, maybe he's not the guy for them. And that, that may be a bit harsh because I actually think he's a decent quarterback. But, you know, you, you see other teams bigging up the, the players that they've signed or making big moves and, and on the playing roster. And Vegas are making a big deal about having a little nightclub, you know, in one of the end zones, you know, with booths and a DJ and all this stuff. It's like, you know are they really focusing on the football team itself and, and the makeup of the team and how they're going to perform? Or are they focusing on getting fans through the door and, and getting money into the coffers and, you know, providing a, you know, a, a unique game night experience, but maybe the, the on, on field aspect of that is, is secondary to what they're actually looking to achieve. You, you've landed on exactly the point. I suppose I was, I was coming around to, I think the Davis family have really big ambitions for the Raiders and, and to be fair, have for a long time. But the thing for me is we talked earlier about the Patriots and how much they are struggling, but over the last 20 years, they haven't right over the last 20 years, they've been a dominant NFL force and just look what that did to say the jets and the dolphins, you know, two of the teams that are on our list that we're talking about as having a massive playoff drought. Well, one of the reasons those teams have had playoff droughts is because they've been in a division with a juggernaut and that's where the Raiders find themselves. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and that chiefs team is absolutely you know one of the top rosters in the nfl one of the most dangerous teams in the nfl but i mean i, I see the Chargers being 12 months to two years away from that as well and the broncos are another one i know they're not necessarily part of this chat but those two famed franchises right the broncos and the raiders could find themselves being afterthoughts for the next decade if they don't really pick up quickly and and that's what makes me feel this is such a key year for the Raiders. I just think with the Raiders, I'm kind of with both of you. I don't think they can make it. And mainly that's because I think they've got a quarterback that is far too conservative and not enough playmakers on offense around him to do anything special. I think they're just, I don't know. It kind of goes back to your point, Rob. 
the the GM and the decisions that they make in the draft are bizarre. You know, there's guys that they're taking in the first round with their first pick that everybody else has predicted going fourth round and you're missing out on real top quality players because like you say, they go for personality guys or guys from small schools that want to work hard. And the thing that I just don't get is that it's not worked and it, it's never worked. So I don't know why there's this perseverance with, oh yeah, we'll get a character guy on offensive line who people were predicting going second or third round because he's going to work hard. Well, at some point you've got to bring enough talent in to put around some top quality players. And I just don't think they have enough of those anywhere. I'm kind of with Phil, you know, when you get rid of a stalwart like Rodney Hudson, who's shown that he's one of the top centers in the game and you're not really replacing it with any level of talent. then I just think you're, you're opening yourself up to problems this year. And like you say, I do think it's boom or bust, but I can only see bust from what they've got on the roster now. I don't have that much really to add to this because I think all of all of you have made the points that I'd make. I think there's too much of a, a difference between what Mike Mayock as GM wants to draft and what John Gruden as the head coach wants to coach and play. I like Derek Carr, but yeah, I think he leans too far into sort of the conservative look into the check down and everything rather than going deep and, and taking a chance on something. I think it's that it's that philosophy of it's better to take three yards than risk an interception. And uh, you can't really shake that idea out of people when they're in that kind of mindset. So yeah, I, I I kind of, I'm just in agreement with all of you. So for the fans outside of the teams we've named uh, Denver Broncos, I don't see it happening. We've already mentioned the lions don't see it happening. The Bengals, I think probably feel, further away than they've been in a very long time. I mean, those Marvin Lewis years were depressing at times, but they're at least competitive. I can probably see the Bengals battling the likes of the Texans for the number one pick again next year. No, I don't know. know. The Bengals, they were in some close games last year until Burrow went down. And I suppose part of it's going to depend on how good the Steelers look this year, because if the, the Steelers from the first half of the year turn up that run defeated, then then, you know, it's, it's going to be tough for them to get out of that division. But if the Steelers from the back end of the year turn up, well, you know, who knows? Has, has Big Ben still got it in him? Has, has their defence lost and an offensive line lost too many players? That would be an Phil, interesting one to watch. Phil, the, the, see, I, think, I think the, the Bengals have got no hope. Yeah, They've got um, not enough players. I think adding one wide receiver does not a team make. There's so many holes and they haven't filled them head coach really just either. just also to to throw this out there when we're talking about the Bengals having a chance of of getting a playoff win the Bengals are the fourth best team in their division and, and last year the other three all made the playoffs yeah I, th- I think being better than the Steelers isn't their problem when you then look the Browns I think are more competitive than we've been used to the Raven I, I just think it doesn't improve when you look beyond the Steelers I, I think the Raiders are a step ahead because I think they're the third best team in their division. And I still don't think they're good enough, but I'll tell you what, there's hope there for some, isn't there? I think the Dolphins seem to be the ones we're all in agreement. I think we're probably, if anything, expecting playoff wins from them this season, Washington, absolutely in the mix, the bears, the coin flip, and then everything else probably just starts to slip the wrong side of um, the wrong side of a 50, 50. Um, But gentlemen, from a week of no NFL news, we've done it again. 
we've pulled the metaphorical NFL chat rabbit out of a rather barren hat. So um, I think we've done some wonderful work, hopefully entertain the masses. Um, and regardless of whether the NFL choose to help us or not, with literally anything worthy of conversation over the next seven days, if they don't, we'll go back into the annals, we'll find a topic we'll love, and we'll have some fun with that as well. Um, but gents, thank you for your company. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll catch up with you all again in seven days. Bye. Remember to subscribe and be cool. Tell your friends. Just, just more editing. Thanks for swearing. You could have at least more just editing. made the mistake without swearing. Yeah, but if I swear, it won't be in the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the point we find out all of Rob's kids are in the living room listening. <laughs> Rob, are any of your kids there? No, no kids in the room. Throw it over to me again if you want. So, Phil, what have you got? Hi, Rob. So again, this week, we've linked into the theme of the, of the podcast for our quiz of the week. Um, and this week, we are looking at some of the best NFL players never to have played an NFL game. You might want to rephrase that. <laughs> you said NFL players that have never played a game. Oh, sorry. <laughs> On that note, though, has anyone seen that uh, long snapper that signed for the Bengals? They gave him the fourth highest guaranteed, like, you know, whatever player money at £27,000. And uh, he's just taken the 27 grand and then retired. <laughs> he probably has to pay that back. But... <laughs> I don't think so. It's guaranteed. No. Yep. Anyway. <laughs>